Uh, what does it mean to live and be led by the Holy Spirit? Um, that question's kind of a mystery to new believers, uh, and unfortunately to the church as a whole. The salvation message is really easily digestible. Uh, it was meant for sinful man to be able to understand it, and it's intended to be simple. Um, God, invites, God invites us into relationship uh, with life everlasting as a reward through His Son, Jesus Christ. And God intentionally made that process simple so that we could understand it before we had a relationship with Him, to, to, know, to, to feel that drawing, to know what we had to do to, to come into relationship with Him. Uh, and even though the price that was paid for that salvation was great, he, he makes that process very, very simple for us. But anyone that's been a Christian for a very long time understands that um, walking steadfastly in a relationship with him is not easy. Uh, that's more complicated. It's not as, it's not as quick. It's a process. Um, and, and sometimes I think um, if we're unwilling to grow in that process, if we're unwilling to really apply ourselves to that process, we miss out on what the Holy Spirit really has for us. Because if you think about it, the Holy Spirit indwelling us is basically God's way of staying in very close relationship with us, making our lives useful for Him, making our lives effective for Him. And that takes a steadfast walk. Um, inexperienced Christians uh, want to have relationship with God on their own terms. Um, we, we all have been there. I've been there. Um, they want to hold on to the parts of their lifestyle that they're comfortable with. Um, that's typically what we refer to as living in our flesh. Uh, when I first found salvation, I wanted to keep who I was. I, I wanted people not to look at me and think I was different. Um, I, I, you know, some people take a little bit longer to get through that initial process. Now, some people get saved, and automatically you can see you know what, they want all that God has for them, and, and they open up to that completely. But, you know, there's, there's at least that many more that basically feel uncomfortable, at, you know, right after salvation uh, of changing. I mean, there's still that, that, that flesh, there's still that old man that needs, to, that needs to die daily for you to get to the point where you can have a close relationship with God. Um, so I didn't want to seem strange, I didn't want to stand out. And after many years, I came to the realization that God doesn't want to, doesn't want people to see me anymore. He wants people to see the reflection of his son in me. Um, Mike can't save anybody. Mike can't um, heal anybody. Uh, Mike can't love anyone selflessly. But God can do all those things through me if I'm willing to get out of the way and stand off to the side and put my flesh down and let his spirit work through me. God can get all those things done. Um, so how do you do that? Well, you basically need the help of the Holy Spirit. So John 15, 26 is where we're going to start today. And it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then we're going to jump really quickly to John 16, verses 8 through 15. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And what 
and he will tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. The spirit of truth begins to convict us of things in our life that need to change. So after we get saved, you know, as, as we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we get convicted. The, the Holy Spirit starts to look at those things in our life, those, those areas of flesh, um, and he starts to cut them away. And, and, and sometimes that's not super comfortable. Um, you know, I can remember in my own life, you know, he, he basically told me, I want you to be more quiet. I want you to listen more. I, I want you to um, pay attention to what I have to say. I, I don't necessarily need your help to make your life effective. What I, what I need you to do is be obedient to my voice. And, and in your flesh, you don't want to do that. You want to keep in control. You want to know that you know, you're your own person and, and, and you're calling the shots for yourself. But that's not what God requires of us. Um, the Holy Spirit takes the things that God wants us to know and he declares those things to us in different ways. Um, that sounds supernatural, and it is, but it can also be as straightforward as listening to our earthly father. So, for example, and it's been a long time, uh, but when I was a teenager, and, and it's, it seems like a long time, uh, I, I remember, you know, I was, in my mind, I was smarter than my dad. Uh, you know, I only wanted to hear those things that I wanted to hear. You know, when he was telling me, oh, yeah, I did a good job on something, or or he was telling me something that I wanted to know, then I was all ears. Um, but a lot of the times I thought, well, maybe I'm a little bit smarter than him. Um, you know, maybe he, you know, he's, he's kind of old school. There's different ways of doing things now, so maybe I didn't listen as much as I should have. Um, as I grew older, though, I started to hear more of what he had to say. Um, sometimes those lessons came to me as stories, uh, sometimes as personal examples. Other times the instructions were very authoritative and plain spoken. Um, my dad's a fairly quiet man, but when he does speak, or, or at least to his kids, uh, he expects full attention and, and typically gets it. But if I really wanted to hear all that my dad had to say on a subject, it became easier to hear him in a number of different ways if I really wanted to understand what was going on. And listening to the Holy Spirit is very similar. Um, when you really want to know what God thinks about something or how you're living your life, uh, you'll start to hear his voice in you. You'll start to get that instruction if you really want to hear. Uh, you may hear from God by spending more time in his word, and we're going to look at Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Typically, I can go into the word and figure out whether I have a right attitude with God. Um, that's just one of the ways that God speaks to me. I'm not saying, you know, that's, that's uniform across everybody, but if you spend enough time in your word, you start to understand what God's persona is, the way he kind of comes down on things, the way he, he looks at things. And typically, if you spend enough time in your word, you can kind of understand, you know, God doesn't change. Um, you can kind of understand how he's going to come down on a certain subject. And at that point, you know, if you spend enough time in your word and you spend enough time, you know, reading your word, understanding your word, studying your word, 
you can hear God's voice uh, applied back to you when you, you know, even if you don't have the, the Bible in your hands, you get into a situation and you're wondering what to do, that word becomes enrooted in you. All right, God's living word becomes enrooted in you, and you can start to remember, well, you know what? This is how God handled that situation, or this is what God said in that situation, and you can apply that to your everyday life. Or you may hear God by spending time in prayer. Um, but if we spend all of our time telling God what we need, sometimes we forget to listen to what he wants. And that's where I want to go to Matthew 6, 5 through 10. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for, the, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners and to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy, na hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as it is in earth. So, Basically, and this was the, the one thing, uh, I guess, when Glenn first came here. He, he, he taught a, a message, and it really, it really stuck with me from that point on. And I'd always kind of known it, but it was a reaffirmation that, you know, when you pray, you should be praying mostly for other people because God knows what you need. That doesn't mean that you can't talk to the Lord when you're having a hard time with something and express to him that you, know, you need his help in a situation. But if your heart is really focused on you know, what God wants, nine times out of ten, you're going to be finding yourself praying for others. You're going to be, you're going to be finding yourself praying for his will, you know, whether it's for the church, whether it's for an unbeliever that you've been witnessing to, whether it's to you know, someone that's you know, sick or dying or whatever the situation is, God is going to focus you in those situations. And, and you know, most of the time, it's not going to be a focus on yourself. Um, and if you think about it, if, if you have the spirit of Jesus Christ in you, Jesus very rarely focused on himself. He always focused on how he could help others. And, and, that's, and that's really what the Holy Spirit does for us. He kind of focuses us, focuses us in that way. So the other part about praying is if you really want to pray self, selflessly, ask God to help you pray his will through the spirit that resides in you. Um, Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, for the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So a lot of times, you know, if you pray, and you pray in the Spirit, you, you don't even get the, the wheels up here, you know, moving too much to kind of, I guess, muck up the works is the best way that I'll put it. Instead of thinking about your day and how hard it was and things that you need to do tomorrow and what you need to get done by the end of the week, and how you, need God, how you need God's help with this, this, and the other, you know, your spirit is basically crying out to God in a language that you don't understand. So it takes this, which is oftentimes the problem, out to the side, and, and you can communicate with God and pray God's will perfectly in that situation through the spirit. 
Uh, but here's the important part. Once you take time to pray, you should be still before the Lord and just listen. Um, whoever here has been in a one-sided conversation, um, it's not a whole lot of fun. When you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and you're talking about something and, and you want to say something, the next thing you know, boom, you get cut off. And then, you know, you want to say something and, you know, boom, you get cut off again. God wants us to listen. And just like in any conversation, the more we listen, the more we get out of it. God wants us to, to hear his voice and listen to what he has to say. If we rush in to have a conversation with God, pray, you know, keep our, keep our mouths you know, moving the whole time and then never really stop to hear what he has to say and then just, okay, I'm done now. I've gotten everything I need off my chest. I'm going to leave and, and walk out of that communion with God. When did he ever get a chance to speak to us? Um, and unfortunately, you know, that, that's another pitfall for new Christians, even new Christians that are spirit-filled. They'll go into their prayer closet, they'll pray, but they'll forget to wait on God for a little bit. And in today's society, specifically, you know, in an American society, you know, we want our hamburgers and fries at the window as soon as we're done. And, and we want to be off down the road eating while we're driving and everything, you know, we multitask all the time and everything's so busy. God's telling us, you know what, slow down a little bit. Hear what I have to say. Spend a little bit of time with me. You know, even if it takes you an hour to hear, you know, this very simple thing that I need to say to you, it's worth it. And, and to be absolutely honest, sometimes it'll even get to the point where you're not hearing God so much during your prayer time, but he'll come to you in the middle of the day um, when you are having a situation that you need to deal with. And if you've trained yourself to be quiet and listen for his voice, then in those situations that aren't so quiet, you can still hear it. I mean, you can still hear what God has to say to you in those situations, and it's, it's really, really important. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. But as it is written, I has not heard, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things, uh, for what man knows the things of a man except through the spirit of, of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, and we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So once we start to hear God, our lives change through obedience to His will. And that's, that's another important thing. Um, you know, we hear a lot in the scripture and a lot of people, I, I think, use it in conversation but really doesn't understand what it means, you know, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. I think one of the worst ways that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, the, the way that we can get there quickest, is if we hear God's voice and we don't step out in faith and obedience and, and just kind of, you know, well, I'm not sure that I heard God's voice in that situation. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I want to do what I'm being asked. That's hard on, on God. I mean, he took the time to have a conversation with you. He took the time to identify the situation and give you some instructions. And it's, it's difficult for us in our flesh to go ahead and be obedient to that, but that's what God's really requiring of us is obedience in that situation. Um, he basically wants us to, 
to hear his voice and step out in faith. And, and, and that's a hard thing. Um, some people have an easier time of it than others. Um, you know, once again, your flesh rises up. Well, I don't want to step out there and do that. What if I'm embarrassed? Or I don't want to step out there and do that. What if somebody thinks I'm strange? Or I don't want to step out there and do that. What if I don't do it perfectly and I miss it in some way, shape, or form, and I end up looking foolish? You know what? This isn't comfortable for me. Um, I'm a, I try to be a very quiet person, very reserved, very, you know, I don't like to be up in front of people and I don't like to make a spectacle of myself. But God requires this of me from time to time, so I need to be obedient to it. God's going to require something from each and every one of us as his servants, as his sons and daughters, and we're going to have to you know, stand up and be obedient to that. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you're always going to do it perfectly. Lord knows I haven't and won't and continue not to. Um, but he can work a whole lot more with our effort and our want to and our faith in him than he can in our own ability. Once we start to understand that it's the spirit inside of us that moves us in these directions and, and, and listening and being obedient to that voice is really what it's all about, you know, we get to a place where we start to be effectual for the kingdom instead of just effectual for ourselves. Um, as we spend more time with him, we start to act more like his son and less like ourselves. The reflection of Jesus in our life becomes clearer and people start to see changes. Um, Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The more that we spend time with God, the more that we listen, the less we'll look like ourselves in the flesh. We'll start to look more like His Son. And then this is probably my most favorite scripture. Um, Galatians 5.22-26 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We've all been in a situation before at work or with our family um, or just with people we know where we've answered with a sharp word. I, I, I know I have. In fact, just, just this week, uh, things got a, lot of, a little stressful at work, and I didn't feel like someone was, you know, doing what they should have done. And instead of being, you know, admonishing and, and helping and, and, you know, rolling up my sleeves and, and, and helping them to get to where they needed to be, I got a little sharp. And, and that's my flesh basically communicating. That's Mike. That's, you know, left to my own devices, that's where I go. Um, but what I should have done in that situation is, you know, waited for God, listened to the Spirit, communicated in such a way that, you know, would have brought honor and glory to Him. And, you know, when we don't do that, when we, when we basically break away and, and, and fall back into that old trap, that old man, that old fleshly man, and communicate that way, God gets no glory in that. And unfortunately, you know, people don't see his son when that happens. But if we're walking in the Spirit, they see somebody that loves them. They see somebody that's happy. They see somebody that's peaceful. 
They see somebody that they can't make mad. They see somebody that's kind. They see somebody that's good. They see somebody that watches over their word and does exactly what they say they're going to do. They see somebody that's gentle. And they see somebody that won't lose their temper. And, and while that's a, that's a big bill to fill in and of ourselves, God can do that in us every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, he can get that done in us because His Spirit is residing in us. This, you know, the Spirit of His Son is residing in us. And that means that you know, basically we can get those type of things done if we'll yield to, yield to the Holy Spirit. So once you start looking more like Jesus, the Holy Spirit can use you to help others. You become less concerned about yourself and more concerned about others. We're going to go to Ephesians 4, verse 7. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now we're going to jump real quick to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So God doesn't give you the Holy Spirit so you can be recognized. God gives you the Holy Spirit so he can be recognized. Um, that's the key. The Holy Spirit doesn't exist uh, for you to serve yourself. Um, he exists so you can serve others. As a Christian, we shouldn't want the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives so we can bring honor or attention to ourselves. Nobody wants, nobody cares if you're holier than thou. People care about, you know, seeing God move in their lives. And you can do that if you're willing to kind of set, you know, what you get out of it off to the side. Um, we should want the Holy Spirit present so God, not us, can make a positive impact in the life of others. We want the boldness of the Holy Spirit to witness about Jesus. We want the compassion of the Holy Spirit so we can give when there is a need. And we want the power of the Holy Spirit to heal the sick and dying. Uh, the ability to do those things does not reside in our fleshly body or in our mind or in our emotions. Those abilities are God's alone. And he has chosen to allow us to share in those abilities um, by filling us with his spirit. So if, if you think about it, um, God really gives us an opportunity to work in his fields, gives us an opportunity to help in his mission, gives us an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. And the only way that I, I guess I can, I guess I'll use a couple of examples that um, should be pretty straightforward. When I was a kid, um, my dad was a contractor, my dad's dad was a contractor, my dad's dad's dad was a contractor, so we built a lot. Um, you know, my dad had a whole wall of hand sauce, you know, the old kind, er, 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 type sauce, and um, never saw him use them, but when I got to the point when we started helping him, my brother and I, that's what we got to use, were hand sauce. And you learn how to measure really, really well because you don't want to have to make that cut twice with a handsaw. And, and you learn how to, you know, you learn how to, uh, you know, cut a straight line, uh, do everything right, uh, listen to instruction. You learn all that stuff. And then as I got a little older, um, I got to use a skill saw or, or a circular saw, some people call them. We call them skill saws because that's the kind of saws that they were. 
And, and then you realize, boy, I can get a lot more done with the skill saw. Um, same example, uh, you know, I used to watch my wife beat up mashed potatoes with a, you know, with a spoon. It looked like a lot of work. And then she got a mixer and looked like a whole lot less work and the potatoes were actually a lot better. Um, so, I, I, I mean, you know, it, it's the same way with God. We get saved, he starts to teach us, takes us through a process, but he wants to give us his spirit without measure so we can use the skill saw and so we can use the mixer, so we can get more things done, so we can do a better job. He wants to give us that power. But in order to use that power, we have to understand that there's a responsibility that comes with it. Um, I'll never forget the first time I tried to you know, teach my boys how to use a skill saw uh, ran right through a board, you know, and usually when you get to the end of the board, you flip the saw up a little bit so it doesn't bind and wasn't watching where the cord was and cut right through, right through the cord. And next thing you know, I'm sitting here with a, you know, a saw that's sparking and no power. And, and, and basically, you know, God wants to make sure that, you know, we don't run into that, that we know what we're doing, that we're using his spirit in such a way that, you know, we can be effectual for the kingdom and that we're not abusing that power. I mean, how many of us have seen, even in the church sometimes, uh, possibly an abuse of, of the Holy Spirit, possibly a situation where, you know, people are wanting to bring that notoriety on themselves. You know, look what I can do. Um, Paul basically said, you know what, I would rather pray with a few words in front of other people and have it be understood and have it be a blessing to someone than basically, you know, pray in the Spirit and have no one understand me. Now that's not saying, Paul wasn't saying praying in the Spirit was wrong. He was basically saying that, you know, when he prayed, he wanted to make a difference in somebody's life. He wanted to do it for the right reasons. And, and Paul said he prayed in the Spirit probably more than anyone. But he also understood that it was important to know when to use the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, basically how to use the Holy Spirit and to do that in such a way that it wasn't bringing honor and glory upon himself that people were seeing God. And that's really what I think is probably the most important part of the Holy Spirit is it's, it's just basically a way for us to work in God's kingdom and get more done. I mean, we have a relationship with God, so we get that pipeline to know what God wants in a certain situation. We have that power from God, so, so we can be very effectual in the things that we're doing. And then, you know, most importantly, you know, we have that conviction in and of ourselves that keeps us away from the flesh. So, you know, we can continue to work in God's mission and not get all bound up in ourselves. So if you want to be a spirit-filled Christian who is capable of mighty works, the path is straight, but it's not always easy. Uh, spend more time in the Word to understand who God is. Ask to pray God's will instead of praying your own wants. Wait and listen for what God has to say in a situation, and then be obedient to God's instructions and obey faithfully. And then finally, put others before yourself. Um, if, if you do those things, you know, God's Spirit's going to be there, and it'll manifest itself in a host of different ways. Um, you'll see the supernatural. You'll see the healing power. You'll see prophecy. You'll see all that, but you'll also see maybe somebody that is just willing to reach out to put a hand on someone and say, you know what, I love you, and so does God. Sometimes that's more effectual and more powerful than any of the things I just mentioned. Um, Ephesians 3, 
14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, as to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit is, outside of our salvation, is the biggest and best gift that God is ever going to give you. I mean, He basically comes and makes a home in you, and you have the ability to be able to hear His voice and move in the ways that He wants you to move. And that's why a lot of times I'm, I'm always... I don't want to say put off, but a little concerned when people think that, you know, I move in the Spirit in just this way. You know, I have just this gifting. God can use you in a bunch of different ways if you'll let Him. I mean, that doesn't mean that you might not be more comfortable or more, more experienced in, in one type of gifting over another, but the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell you just for the gifts. He indwells you to make sure that you're obedient and effectual to do the work in his kingdom. And sometimes that work is going to look different than what you're accustomed to. Um, I know it has been for me. There's sometimes that God's asked me to do things like this that I'm completely uncomfortable with. And then there's other times that he'll ask me to do things that, you know, don't have a problem with, you know, that, I, that in my flesh I don't struggle with. But the, the most important thing is, is no matter what he asks you to do, whatever you're hearing from his spirit, is to step out in faith. Um, you know, make sure that you're hearing him step out in faith and then listen to his voice. And if you do that, even if you stumble a little bit, even if you, you know, stub your toe here and there, God's going to see that you're trying to do it in faith. He's going to see your obedience and he's going to reward you for it. And he's going to perfect you and improve you in the places that you need that improvement.